0: I really believe that God, God has, you know, when, when, you, when you experience something, it becomes real in your life, and then you want to share it, what God did for you, and, and I believe that God works through our broken times to bring us stronger into his kingdom if we let him, if we don't turn the wrong turn, and, and we let God bring us closer to him. That's what he's here for. He came, and we are continually broken, guys, continually you know, sin does that to us, you know. But guess what? I'm not preaching on that today. <laughs> uh, got, your, got your whistle wet for when I do preach on it. Tom made a comment and you know what? That's really interesting. He goes, I'm going to touch on that the next time I preach. I said, well, maybe I got off the phone, and, you know, and I, th- I thought maybe I should preach on that after that. Maybe he should touch on it, and then I should, you know, speak on, on brokenness. And, and so what God then put in my heart was that uh, Stephen should preach. And I said, so somebody called Stephen. Stephen said, yeah, 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 sure, sure. Yeah, I'll preach. So he's sitting there, and he's going through. We had a conversation this morning. He's telling me. I'm just saying, this is how the Holy Spirit moves, you know. And, and, and I'm like, he's like thinking and trying to come up with this. He goes, man, I just really don't feel I'm called to preach Sunday. So I get another call saying, hey, Stephen can't do it. He's not prepared, so he doesn't want to do it, and it's back at you, and the whole time from the very get-go when Wayne asked me, the Holy Spirit said, you're going to preach. You're the one that's going to give the message. You're the one, you know, I got excited, and then I got scared, and I got excited, and I got scared, and I just like pushing it back. Finally, I said, okay, God, I submit. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what I can do. So I said, Lord, what do you want me to talk about? And he says, well, we've been talking about the spirits and the gifts and all that stuff and and that that it's not dead. God's not dead. He's still alive. He's still moving in this church. And so I thought, well, Lord, what do I do? He goes, I want you to do an awaken. I said, what's an awaken? He goes, have you forgotten? (laughs) No. (laughs) Anyway, um, God says, I want to offer an opportunity. We've been hearing about this. Now it's time to practice. Okay, now now you guys are getting scared. <laughs> You're the message this morning. No, I'm kidding. Um, I just believe that, that everything that we've heard, it's now somewhere time to maybe put it to a test, put it to practice. God wants us to move in these things. Word of knowledge is if God gives you a scripture verse, you know, man, get up and do it, you know. And I got a short video that we're going to show um, and then um, I'm going to go through this real quick, and then a short video, and then we're going to go into worship. And we're just going to move in the Holy Spirit. We're just going to let it go where it goes, okay? And, and you guys are part of this, okay? It doesn't have to be songs from the worship team all the time. We might get two songs, and we might get ten. I don't know. But we might get two songs in, five Bible verses, one word of knowledge, a healing. God came to set us free. He gave us this power, and we're to use it if we don't, okay? And this is not a condemnation thing, because who amongst us is without sin, right? If we don't do it, we're sinning, because it's a command from God, right? Use these gifts. I've given them to you. This is a gift that I've given to you to use for your walk through this life until I return, He spent the Holy Spirit, sent him down on the day of Pentecost. And he says, it's better that I go. Jesus said, it's better that... They're like, Jesus, why are you going? Why are you going? He says, it's better that I go. Because when I go, then the Holy Spirit comes. And he lives within you. Okay? So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to go through this little thing that I wrote. So I'm going to kind of read it because I haven't had time to really prepare and... And speak it. But God put strongly in my heart, I want the Spirit to move. I'm telling you guys, I want you right now to be expecting. Okay? Don't be a doubting Thomas. Expect great things from God. He wants to do these things in our midst. He is excited that we, as Christians here, have decided to think this way and to move forward and give Him all the glory. And we do. All the glory goes to Him. God is good and he's merciful, and he's kind. He's also righteous and just. And he's given us commands. So the f- there's, there's a couple uh, points I want to make. One is spiritual gifts strengthen f- faith in others. Okay? So the spiritual gifts that we use f- strengthen the gifts and faith in others. To strengthen someone by a spiritual gift means to help their faith not give way as easily when trouble enters their life. We have a spiritual gift in order to help other people keep the faith and maintain and even keel in life's storms. Remember I talked to you about that earlier. If there is anybody around you... That kind of touches on my sermon that I want to do about brokenness and life storms. If there is anybody around you whose faith... Is being threatened in any way at all, take stock whether you may have a spiritual gift particularly suited to strengthen that person. In other words, God may be calling you personally to strengthen a person during your daily walk with Him. So be ready. Number two, knowing our gifts and desiring to strengthen others. Knowing our gifts. And desiring, that's key right there, the word desiring to strengthen others. Do we desire to move in the gifts? Do we desire to go out into the world and strengthen others around us? I really believe that the problem is not knowing our spiritual gifts. It's not the basic problem. The more basic problem, wait, I'm sorry. More basic is the problem of not desiring very much to strengthen other people's faith. Could be many things. Could be fear. You know what I mean? I'm afraid to talk to somebody. I'm afraid to step out and look foolish. I'm afraid. Maybe God will just send someone else. Maybe I'm not. I remember a guy named Jonah. Who didn't want to go to Nineveh. I'm just saying, you know? He got swallowed by a whale until he said, Lord, I surrender. And then he got vomited down the shore right in front of Nineveh. <laughs> I'm not going to say you're going to get swallowed by a whale. It would be kind of hard to do in the middle of Missouri, but we have a mighty, awesome God. and He has He moves in miraculous ways, let's just say. Anyway, that is don't worry about whether you can point to prophecy or teaching or wisdom or knowledge or healing or miracles or mercy or administration, etc., and say, that's mine. That's what that's mine. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. Don't point to that and, and start doing that. The way to think is the reason we have spiritual gifts is so that we can strengthen other people's faith. Here is someone whose faith is in jeopardy. How can I help him or her? Then do or say what seems to be most helpful. And if the person is helped, then you may have discovered one of your gifts. You see what I'm saying? Be open. Number three, each has received a gift. So that means you have received a gift. Every single one of us in this room, God has called us. And we have a gift waiting for us to use. And some of us more than just one. First note that each has a gift. Gifts are not for few, but for all. And every believer has the abilities which the Holy Spirit has given and can cause and can use to strengthen others. So we all have this. We all have this call. It's not just pastors and leaders and, you know... Elders and it's children. God could even use an infant if he wanted to move a heart of somebody. Amen? And it is the supreme joy of life to discover what they are and then pour yourself out to others through these gifts. So we come, we get filled, and then it's time to pour out around us into the lives of other people. And you will find them if you really desire. There's that word desire again. You will find them if you really desire to be God's instrument in bringing about faith and joy in other people that you recall is the fundamental problem. Okay, so here's here's what I'm saying. There's joy in this. Okay, there's joy in trusting God. There's joy in obeying God. Right? Okay, so you're going to find that, that the joy comes and happiness comes when you begin to look at other people's. I, I've been told, and I really believe this, when my problems get better, I need to look at other people's problems. And I need to invest in them. I need to invest into other people's problems. Because by doing that, the joy comes and helps me deal. The Holy Spirit comes and lives within me as I'm moving forward, and He begins to take care of those problems in my life. It's not that I'm ignoring them, but God says, "Here, I got I got a, a lighter thing for you to carry, and let me take your heavy thing." And you know, Joe over there, he needs he needs to hear the word of God. Why don't you go speak to him about God? You're like, God, I got so many problems. I mean, well, you know, why would you use me to go talk to him? He's saying, because I've called you. Because you have exactly what I have that he needs to hear. So each of us has a gift. The stewards of the currency of grace. Did you know grace was a currency? Oh, what we should be happening here at Christian Outreach Church is that all God's stewards, all of you should be Waking up more and more to God's grace that you have in Christ and finding more and more ways to creatively disperse the grace to each other. That's that love your brother thing. And the world sees that before we decide to go out and tell somebody that they need Jesus or they need love. Because if I can't love you or you or you or you or you, how can I possibly show a world love? The kind of love that Jesus had that sent his son to die on the cross for all of us. And finding more and more ways creatively to disperse that grace to each other and to those outside by the use of your spiritual gifts. Oh, that the spirit Might cause a wheeling and a dealing in the currency of grace at Christian Outreach Church. I believe he's doing that. I believe he's stirring it up in our hearts. And the final point from this text of my uh, message this morning is that the aim of all spiritual gifts is that in everything God might be glorified through Jesus Christ. Every gift. Will glorify Him. So it's not you. So quit relying on yourself to do something and let God be God and move through you. Allow Him say, Lord, what? Here I am. Use me. This means that God's aim in giving us gifts and giving us the faith to exercise them is that His glory might be displayed. So what God's saying is, let me use you. But they're not even going to see you. They're going to see me. And my glory is going to be displayed. And they're going to be in awe and wonder. And it's going to cause them to have conviction and repentance and turn to Him. How many people could really say they could stand before God and not end up on their face? Really. I mean, if you really think about it and you read about the God that we serve. He wants us and the world to marvel at him and to think he's fantastic. Is God fantastic? I think he is. And he's not doing that in a prideful way because everything that we do that he gets glory for comes back and benefits us. And gives us fullness the stupendous reality of God is all-encompassing for him for from him and through him and to him are all things Romans eleven thirty-six. 36 and there is nothing and I'm telling you right now as I endeavor to seek more of God in my life there is nothing more thrilling more joyful more meaningful more satisfying than to find our niche in the internal unfolding things of God's glory. If we don't seek, we won't find. But if we press in and we seek Him, we will find. And We will find a living, awesome, miraculous God. Someone says, well, you know, I'm just a toilet scrubber. <laughs> I'm just here to kind of hold up this pole. Hi. My daughter's back, by the way. Yay. And she's not going away either. She's staying for a little while. So I'm like, Woo ooh, I'm excited. And we have guests over there. We're like Anita Beesmeyer. Good friends of the past, we welcome you this morning. Anyway, my heart is just full. My heart is full because I know that God can take our brokenness. And through the Holy Spirit, these gifts that we have, and we help other people with it, help us go forward in life and gives us meaning and strength and guidance and protection. How many, you know, I like the... The the mafia thing, you know, the the guy says, I'm going to protect you. You stand behind me, ain't nobody going to touch you. Well, I've got a better protection. I've got the God of a universe that protects every step that I take, every single part of the day. So our gift may look small and unimportant. Like the widow might look small. To most people, look, uh, all she gave was a penny. Gave a penny. Can you believe that? But you know what? She gave all she had. That penny could have bought her that lunch today that she isn't going to get. But I believe when she left that place, God showered her. I believe. And I kind of wish that he would have wrote about it. Because I just know that when she left that day, Someone said, hey, I'm going to take you out to lunch today. Because they were walking in the Spirit. And they were saying, man, I see that lady. She gave her very last penny, and I know her situation. I'm going to take her out to lunch. I'm going to speak life to her and shower her with the love that God's given me for her. That's moving in the Holy Ghost, moving in the Spirit, being open. So your gift might look small. Don't, don't go there. Don't say my gift is too small to use. But as a part of the revelation of God's infinite glory, that means infinite, forever, beyond, far surpassing, I can't see the end. The closer I get, I think, to the end, the farther it is away from me. Infinite. Glory it takes on stupendous proportions. God is a big God. He has a big job for us. However small it might look, or however great it might look, He's given us the tools to accomplish it. Do not be afraid. Do not feel like threatened because you think you might step out of line or that you might look foolish. God wants you to use the tools He has given you in Scripture. And there's no other way to look at it. It's a command from Him. To not would be to sin. And I'm not condemning you there. Who of us haven't sinned, right? Who who could point the finger? But shall we then just go on sinning? Or should we press in and say, okay, God, I don't how crazy it looks. I don't, I'll
1: speak out like a mouse. Give a word.
0: You know? But I want to I trust with you this morning that God's going to do a mighty thing. We're going to move forward now. We're going to listen to this short video I thought was just really insightful. And then we're going to move into worship. You guys are part of this. It's not just us. It's not just here to sing with us. You guys are here to be involved. Minister to one another. You might have something to give to Dan. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? You might have a word for him. Go over and tell it. Get up. It doesn't matter if we're singing. Get up and tell that person. God just told me, man. I was at, I was at a church one, and this youth, it was a huge church, so I was visiting first time. And one of the youth comes up to me during the meet and greet. He says, man, when I was during worship, I was worshiping. And God just put you on my heart, man. I had to come over and tell you, you know, God's not done with you yet. He's going to use you. This is a young kid, okay? And he he just starts speaking life into me. He didn't know that I just left a church and I was broken. And I was ready to give up worship and just not do anything for God anymore and just put my nose to the grind. But this teenager, out of this 300, 400 congregation... Picks me, a new member, not even a member, just a new person visiting. And comes and says, God laid you on my heart this morning. He's not done with you yet. He's going to use you in a mighty way. Don't give up. Press in. Don't give up. Gave me a hug and said, I love you, brother. Whew. Here I am. Praise and worship leader. It's Christian Church. Wow. God is good. He takes every circumstance in our life and uses it for His... What? Glory. What? Glory. Glory. And for our good. good. Praise the Lord. Let's hear. If you want, you can stand with me and sing. If not... Um, that's fine, sitting is fine too.
2: Holy Spirit, thou art well, come in this place. Holy Spirit, thou art well, come in this place. Omnipotent Father of mercy and grace, Thou art well. Holy Spirit, thou art well come in this place, thou art well in this place. Oh, fill all the hunger. Beyond description to my
3: three things. Somebody here with, um, uh, let's see, what's the word, vertigo, you have trouble walking because of you get dizzy, kind of stumble now and then. And uh, hip, somebody here has a hip problem or glitch in your get along, I guess. And um, the last one has kind of got me wondering about. First of all, who is the vertigo? Jane? Okay. And who has a, some wrong with their hip or they have trouble in their hip area? Who's that? joy okay God's batting a thousand so far and the last one um, that he gave me is is an eye usually when he says something it's you know people have two eyes so it's they having trouble with their vision or something but this he's just saying an eye anybody got a specific thing going on with one eye Junior, okay, Carl, what's going on with your eye, you got a corny replaced, he did, oh, maybe I need to read that, the same thing, okay, You've just one of them. Just one. just one of them. Okay, that's why he said I. You see how specific God can be about things? Like Dan was saying, it's just... He's a good God. And these things... He doesn't do these things to make somebody look good. He does these things because He loves you. And He wants to fix them. Amen? So um let's pray for jane first can can we do that can we just take a moment and pray lord we lift up jane to you and her vertigo problems lord god and um, you know the source of them and it's not you and so we curse the source of jane's vertigo problems in the name of jesus and we just uh, speak healing to that area lord god Life from the throne of grace. Lord, we thank you that you've made the provision by grace. And we thank you that you gave us faith to acquire it. And so we just release our faith right now in a, along with um, Jane and acquire that healing that she needs, Lord. It's no fun stumbling around. And dangerous as well, as you know, Lord. So we thank you for the provision so long ago through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord God, for the manifestation now. We expect you to be getting better as we speak. Because you are such a good God. And you care. Hallelujah. And. Amen. Joyce, uh, What's. Is it just an ongoing thing, or something just recently, or? Um, it's ongoing. Um,
4: my sacroiliac joints. What is it? Does it hurt, or? Yeah, it hurts. <laughs> it hurts. Sometimes my nerves pinch, and my leg goes to sleep.
3: Okay. So, you, have you ever had it looked at or anything by a doctor? Had
5: looked at? They just said it's a result of childbirth.
3: I didn't get that.
0: She's had not looked at it, but it's a result of having children.
3: Oh. Um. All right. So let's pray for joy quickly. <clears throat> See, this is church. Lord, we lift up joy to you. We thank you that you've blessed her with children, Lord God. They're a blessing from you. And as a result, Lord, of those births, she's having trouble with her hip ever since. And so we know, Lord, that that's not your will. Your will is for us to be whole and healthy in every way, shape, and form. And so right now, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Whatever was damaged in that hip, Lord, we just speak life to it right now in the name of Jesus. We just pray in the name of Jesus, you would just touch her, Lord God, out of your grace and out of your mercy. Just manifest your healing in that hip, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that that's your will. We just know it is because it's your will to heal everyone. So we give you all glory and all praise and all honor for the provision and for the manifestation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You need a good hip to walk down the aisle next week, right? Amen. All right. And how many eyes did we have? One eye there, one eye there. Okay. Those of you that are around, uh, those with the eyes just lay hands on them. Father, we thank you and praise you for your goodness to us. We thank you that um, Carl's operation was a success, Lord. We thank you for guiding the doctors and those that attended to him and all of that and Lord, he's going to have the other one done the same thing and so we ask you to do it again in the name of Jesus and we would pray Lord for a speedy recovery uh, for Carl Lord God and we thank you that you've sustained him through many years of highs and lows Lord God and he never walks alone you're always with him every step of the way. And you said you would never leave him or forsake him, so we're sure that you'll be with him through this other surgery as well. And we thank you for a miraculous, speedy recovery that would astound a doctor, Lord, and open a door for him to witness to him. We pray for our sister, Lord God, and um, that's probably... You think that's from your diabetic condition? Yeah. <clears throat> so, Lord, we just lift up our sister to you in the name of Jesus. And, and uh, she's also been up and downs. But you're such a good God, and you sustain us, and you're always with us. And so we just speak to her left eye. If I got that right? Is it your left We speak to her left eye in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I don't know all the parts of the eye and everything and what goes wrong in there, but you do. So we're just asking you, Lord, that when we command that eye to begin seeing 2020, by the power that you invested in us, by the authority that's in the name of Jesus, we expect you to fix whatever is wrong with it. I don't know the proper names for all those things in in the eye, but you do. You're the maker. And Lord, we're bringing this part to you, this defective part now. So we're coming back to the manufacturer, and we're asking you, Lord, to heal that eye. You've provided healing, Lord. We're just asking you, we're releasing our faith right now in Jesus' name, asking you to manifest healing we command that left eye to begin seeing yes 2020 in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name amen amen I'd like to just pray one more prayer if it's okay for Mike I have a great-granddaughter I know that's hard for some of you to believe because I'm so young that I have great-grandchildren That wasn't funny. (laughs) Anyway, she was born blind. Her name is Savannah. It's a beautiful child, has two beautiful eyes. You know, they're open, but she can't see anything. There's nerves that go between the eye and the brain. I guess thousands of them are some kind of way that the image is transferred and formulated in the brain. And those are missing. She was born with them, so she's got some missing parts. So we've been praying for a creative miracle. And so I'd like you to join your faith with mine this morning, and we'll release it to heaven and ask God to... Yeah. Oh, I forgot about it. I'm sorry. <clears throat> so we include Mike Jr. in this as well. And his his is a cataract, though, isn't it? Yeah. So let's just pray for him quickly. Um, Lord, Mike has been through so much. And we just thank you for the extra measure of grace you've given Mike Sr. and Margaret, Lord, for all these years and their faithfulness and their prayers and never giving up and continue to believe you, Lord. And so that cataract, Lord, you can just dissolve that thing. You don't have to go have surgery. You can just dissolve it. And uh, we just ask you to do that, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that you would just dissolve that cataract and he'd be able to see out of that eye again to your glory and to his good, Lord God. Um, just open that up in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Hallelujah. And we lift up Savannah to you. And uh, we're just praying for you are the creator of all things, Lord. Everything. We give you all glory for everything. Every ounce belongs to you. And so you can create this in a snap of a finger, just with a thought. You can create that. And so by the authority given to us, in the name of Jesus, we command Savannah's eyes, both of her eyes, to begin seeing. In Jesus' name, we ask you, Lord, to manifest the creative miracle in my great-granddaughter in the name of Jesus, that she might see your beautiful creation, that she might see her mom and dad, that she might see her grandparents, that, yes, she might even see her great-grandpa and grandma while they're still here. So we thank you, Lord, for this gift of this child and for those beautiful eyes, and now for creating whatever needs to be created for her to see, Lord. We give you all glory and all praise and all honor. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. God is so good. Amen. Let's worship him.
4: In the video that we saw they mentioned various gifts of the spirit and he just happened to mention offhand that perhaps there are other gifts that are not mentioned Arthur Burke is a gentleman that has been teaching me some things and he talks about something that's called um, niche ministries and these are gifts from the Holy Spirit that are unique. He gives a couple examples. Let me give an example. There was this gentleman who in the congregation sent him off to, Vietnam, um, to Afghanistan or someplace like that. And uh, he was there for his whole term and uh, came back and the congregation rejoiced and he had a great time and in his witness that he was talking to the congregation about he said we just had a wonderful time over there and uh, none of our none of my people in my battalion were killed none absolutely none everybody rejoiced so he decided well that what I'm gonna do with my life became a went to uh, um, police school and ended up uh, as sheriff's department in California and they, uh, in that particular county there's a city that the police department was so corrupt that uh, the sheriff's department was taking over the city and uh, so he was assigned to go to this city and uh, had a hard time being rookie cop of getting people in, uh, Uh, arrested for doing a wrong could even find any and so but when he did uh, find someone that uh, uh, he could arrest he'd take it out of the county and to the to the county jail out of the city to the county jail and uh, the radio would start blaring up with things going wrong and uh, Then uh, when he'd go back into the town, why the way, he'd quiet down. So he'd been there for about three weeks, and there had been no murders in that town, which had the reputation, like Chicago, of having murders every week. And so uh, uh, police would be talking, well, boy, we're going to have a vast rush of murders. So six weeks go by, six months go by no murders in that town yeah so he was talking to Arthur Burke about that and and he said yes and Arthur Burke said yes you have a niche ministry that where you ever you are located there are no murders happening no suicides happening or very few oh and the guy said oh Oh, interesting I never did tell you did but when I was in Afghanistan none of the enemy died either <laughs> so that is an example of a spiritual gift that people can have that is not listed in the New Testament Arthur Burke talks of one other example and this one is of a woman who um, Whatever organization that she uh, joins, a strange thing happens. She goes to a church, moves to that town, goes to the church. And, oh, it's a lovely church, everything's fine. But uh, within three or four weeks, or a couple, three months, that these things starting to come out of the woodwork like oh the um, uh, choir director is having an affair with the secretary or something like that and it comes out and uh, or so she decided to go to a university in uh, England and Arthur Burke says well wonder what's going to happen over there So she goes to this university and never doesn't pray she just is there the chancellor happens to have uh, resigned and um, they're having a new chancellor being voted in by the faculty and it just happens to come out that uh three quarters of the faculty have been that are ter- that are um, tenured are unable to vote for this new Chancellor because th- their paperwork isn't whatever is wrong you know so this all comes out before the election that and so evil it was uh, and as a result the new Chancellor that they're going to vote in resigns and all sorts of things get squared away finally. So that her niche ministry is that wherever she is located, evil will be exposed. So now uh, the reason I'm saying this is for you to th- think and talk with the Holy Spirit about your life and what you have experienced and to see if what the Holy Spirit has has um, kind of activities that the Holy Spirit has had you do that have been a great benefit to someone else. So, anyway, that's it.
1: That's something that I wanted to share. It's something that the kind of gifts that the Lord gives me is writing music. And uh, I get certain songs, sometimes in dreams. And I wake up and I write the music down, the lyrics and all that stuff. And, and I take those ones really, really serious. Other songs might have to do with the gospel and things like that. I mean, nothing wrong with that. But those kind of songs I consider the most serious ones. And uh, I'm going to have a hard time sharing this, (laughs) you know, uh, some years ago, like uh, 21 years ago, Lord gave me a song. And the first time, and last time, he ever put it on my heart to share it with, share I decided I'm not going to do that because the words of the song were so so difficult that I, I, I was afraid that I would offend people you know in the church with it but I found out I no sooner made up my mind this guy got up and came up we were at a men's retreat he started sharing how sin in his life had destroyed his whole family his wife divorced him, <laughs> took away his kids and everything. It's, it was really a terrible type sin, common to a lot of men. And uh, anyway, about five weeks ago, give or take a week, I'm not sure exactly now, Lord, put it out of my heart, I was to share it here. And the same thing was churning in me. But I wanted to share it because after looking it over, because I typed a lot of this stuff out, looking it over, I realized this means different things for different people. It isn't necessarily something that's going to, you know, cause uh, a big cloudburst or something. And um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to want to sing it to you. And I won't need any musical backup, because I forgot my guitar. (laughs) Anyway, um, the song is called Let Go. Now forgive me, I'm not very good at singing this early in the day. Holding wrongly to your waist so strongly, acting oh so mighty. While I tug you lightly and saying you're not ready, why would you act so heady? Listen to my reason to be in my season. You know you must let go. I know it's not an easy task that I ask. Sometimes it hurts to be Set free, you see, but someday you'll see Yourself like me, I know. Why would you want to linger? Open up your fingers and let go. Though the world keeps hustling, you must keep on trusting, cause I know you better than the world could ever that would use and deceive you. But I'll never leave you, though it rams and tear you. On my hands I'll bear you my own. You must let go, even when it seems you're losing dreams. My love redeems, because the sin and stains Give way through growing pains And very soon you'll see Yourself like me and know Why you would want to linger But open up your fingers And let go I know it's not an easy task That I ask Let go Sorry about that.
6: (laughs) I was praying the other day about uh, Lanny, and um, I said, Lord, could you bring him back? He used to sing and share his songs with us, and I missed that. So I just wanted to thank you. And uh, God is working. He really is. And I also, um, this is about Mike, my husband. Um, Years ago when we were um, in the fellowship hall that burned down, um, I can't remember, I, I would know if I heard his name, but I can't remember who it was. Anyway, he was praying for people, giving words to them. And Mike was still working, so he wasn't there, but I was there. Then I heard him giving this word to somebody, and I turned around to look, and it was Mike. And he was saying that uh, Mike was going to be involved with healing, with miracles. And he said that the natural is going to be, the supernatural is going to be as natural to you as, you know, the natural. And the other night, he comes in, and he says, you know, I had this mole somewhere on his chest or something. It was black. And he said, I asked the Lord to heal it. And look, it was almost all gone. And then last Sunday, I dropped this cup out of the cupboard when I was reaching for something, hit my thumb right here. And um, then my thumb started hurting really bad later and it was swelling really bad (laughs) and getting just, I was in so much pain, it was affecting my other fingers and everything. And Mike prayed for me and then the pain starts stopping and then by the next morning, the swelling's going down. So I I just want to give testimony that I think, you know, God has his hand on my husband And that he is using him to pray for people. Mm -hmm. Healing has always been something I've wanted to be involved with because of our situations with our son and all. And uh, so I just am thankful that the Lord used Mike just recently to help us.
4: Hallelujah.
0: Let's just ask the Lord now uh, to take our life and use it just like what we've been hearing right now.
2: Take my life and let it be come.
5: As I was praying um, just about today and just what, what would happen, what would go on in, in the meeting this morning, just um, realizing that there wouldn't be a regular teaching, that we would be like activating the gifts of the Spirit and just different things like that. Um, and just other things that I've just been thinking about just for our congregation, just knowing um, the age of our congregation and what's coming in the future and just like, I love this place and like I know that God has tons of things in store down the road. Um, and right now, sometimes we'll be like, yeah, we have this vision of different things coming. Um, we have these ideas of this, this could be what this congregation looks like, or these could be the things that we get involved in. Um, but we don't always, like, we're not sure what are the steps to get there. What are these types of things? Um, and so I just keep coming back to that there is still something really great about the people who are still here, the remnant that is left um, that there may have been people that have come and gone, the people who have been here for a while, and then left. But the, the people that are still here—that there's still something special. There's still something um, for you guys to do. There's still something um, for us to join you guys in. That, that um, whatever comes isn't like, oh, right, the next generation. You guys will—you'll spearhead this and you'll move forward. No, like, there's something even biblical about taking the wisdom of the aged, the the people who have been there, who have who have learned and gone before, learning from them and seeing what have they done? What have they seen? What what faithfulness of God? What works is he doing in their life? And those things are still super important for you guys. And so there's this passage in Psalm uh, 92 at the very end. Um, it says, The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like the cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. To declare that the Lord is upright, He is my rock, and there is no unrighteous in Him. So they still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. To declare that the Lord is upright, He is my rock. There is no unrighteousness in him. And that is what we still need from all of us. That we all work together. That it isn't, you know, what's coming, you know, what are you guys, the younger generation, going to do? But, like, there is still something that your fruit is still bearing. That there is still sap in you. That you're still a tree planted by streams of living water. And there's still something that to be done in that. And, and then in Ephesians, just to close us out today. Um... Paul, um, in Ephesians 3, he ends uh, chapter 3 and says, Now to him who is able to do far more, far more abundantly, like there's abundance, and then like far more abundantly, like that's, that's crazy just like how much that Paul is like, there's something greater, there's something grander, there's something um, that we haven't even comprehended yet, that the, that the work that he's already begun, that there is something far beyond that. So now to him who is able to do far more abundantly, than all that we ask or think. So even the things that we can ask or that we think of, there's more than that. According to the power at work within us, that his work is already doing these things in us, that according to the work and the power that is in us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. And that's what I want to leave us with, is that it is his work, that he is the one who is doing these things, that 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 sap that, that fruit is his fruit, it's his energy, it's his life that's actually in us, that actually has us actually function and flow out. That as those gifts that we want to see, that each one of us is like, that's what a living body looks like, is people who are active, like active, who are actually moving in these things. So I just I just want to say like go forth. Realize it's his work in you and continue to to pull in his his the water that being a tree planted by streams of living water that you're pulling in his life that you're actually pulling in from him and that that it's in him that you live and move and have your being just
1: just remember what he just said as you're walking down the uh, aisles of walmart or the grocery store You've got the creator of the heaven and the earth in you. How far out does that go? You know, and what's going to happen as you walk down those aisles? Who knows what doors can be opened?
7: Last week we sang a song about burn like a fire in me. And I was deliberating on whether to share it then or... So I just thought, I'll wait and say, Lord, well, if you bring it to pass. If you reference that again today, well, we heard in a prophecy earlier about revi- we're carrying the fires of revival. And then Dan in the message had said something about fire. And fire is a loaded term in the Bible. And I believe that the Lord is saying fire is something that we should not be afraid of. We think of fire and being destructive. But the fire of the Lord is completely different. And one of the things I believe the Lord was saying is that when you draw close to me that fire he talks about being consumed with a zeal that will not be quenched and so he he was telling me my my love for you it will not go down to a flicker it will not get blown out it will not be greater one day and less another my love for you is intense it is a burning fire for you it is an unquenchable fire for you it is a fire that will not Be put out. And so many times I was thinking, you know, we hear, I love you, I love you, I love you, and my brain tends to think about, oh, that's nice. No. My our viewpoint of love is worlds different than what God says, who is love, and says, I want you to have the revelation of that, to where you are totally consumed by that, that you can't quench it, but that wherever you go, whatever you say, whatever you do. My love, that love is going to change where you go, what you say, who you interact with. If you hold a match to something, is it not going to burn? If you hold it to a piece of paper, if you hold it to a piece of wood, when when that fire, when it gets close to whatever it, it comes in contact with, it's going to burn. And, and and so Lord's saying, if you are open to my love, That love is going to consume you and that love is going to catch the people that you come in contact with when you follow and let my love burn through you and what you say, what you do, and how you carry yourself. And, And the other thing about the fire, that fire will burn up the things which are not of God. There's a proverb that says that fire will burn the dross so that the real purpose of the silver will be able to come forth and so whatever if it's fear if it's worry if it's sin by the mercies of God as we by his mercies offer ourselves up to God a living sacrifice that's what God wants now I can burn that up and I can replace it with me and I can take that and so whatever personal struggles you have wherever the enemy you think might be trying to get in offer it up to God and the enemy doesn't stand a chance in the love and the power of God because he beat the enemy at the cross and I tell you that who we are in Christ because of who he says he is and what he says and who we, we are because of what he says that does not diminish so We are more than conquerors. We are the armies of the living God. We are his bride. Those things are true and they will not diminish. It is for us to enter into it, to embrace it, and let that influence how we influence us. But it's, again, the whole idea of the fire and offering ourselves to him. And let that fire of His love burn in you, and let that fire take that dross out of your life, that you come forth. It says in First Peter, Second Peter, no, it's First Peter one, that the trying of our faith is more precious than gold. Just think about that. And the fire of His love for you and for me, that love will not be quenched. And it says that in the in the ages to come, it says that His love for you and for me is immeasurable. So right now, that love, when He says, I love you, it is immeasurable, and there's more. There's more, and there's more, and there's more. There's ages and ages and ages of more of His love. And all we see now is through a glass darkly. But I believe that, that, that the time is now that God wants us to see how deep how many messages and I believe there's a reason for that he wants us to be rooted and grounded and established in his love because there is a great shaking that's coming and what he wants to stand is us unshakable unmovable in his love to be able to demonstrate and reach out to those around us and to let them catch on fire So, just raise your hands with me Lord we by your mercies we offer ourselves to you a living sacrifice we sang Lord take our lives and let it be we place it on the altar Lord by your mercy we can't do it on our own but by your mercy because you are good you draw us to yourself burn like a fire in each one of us that was a prayer last week that's our prayer this week and we want you Lord to be exalted we want you to burn the dross to burn those things up that are not of you so in Jesus name I pray fresh wind as we heard earlier and now fresh wind fresh fire blow through this heart of ours Lord these hearts of ours consume us consume us from the inside out with your love with your power with your might with your grace and bring forth your purposes in each and every one of us you are not a respecter of persons lord you are not you use the young you use the old you use everybody in between we surrender ourselves to you have your way in us mighty God come Holy Spirit this week in Jesus name